0: Well good morning again. Uh I don't know if I say good morning the first time. If that is not the first time, good morning to you. Uh, glad that you're here this morning, even if you're just visiting. Um, we're grateful to have you. So we've been going through this this, uh, this series, and essentially, it's been we've called it "What Do Christians Believe About?" But we've been using what's called the Nicene Creed as a road map. And this is actually, and I thought this would just be insightful, but this is actually a fragment of what we're talking about. And when I say fragment, this is one of many, but this is actually a parchment. So this is something that is a real thing. It was written around 325 AD. And this is um, one of those series, if you're a person that's like, I love history, or I love theology, you have been realizing we're in the thick of it when it comes to this conversation. And the conversation that we've been having is essentially worldview type stuff. And if you don't know what the worldview means, it's how we view the world. And it's kind of the conversation that we've been going through. It's it's it's, it's shaping conversations to who we are. And as we've been using this as a roadmap, we've been talking about... so. What are the big pillars of being a Christian? Like, what, is, what are some things that are really important that Christians actually believe? What are some things that our faith stands on? What are these big deals? And the first week, just a quick snapshot if you've never been here before, all that type of stuff. The first week we looked at as God as creator. That he made everything that you have ever touched since moved into. He has created everything everything and then in week two harvey talked about what the, who the trinity is and all we really needed to grasp from that was here's the essence of god here's who he is here how he functions and this is what it, this is what he does oftentimes in our life which led us to ask this question so if this is god the creator and then this is the trinity that makes up everything about him who's jesus what is he, what did he do which led us into the conversation about judgment last week, ultimately answering the question of why did Jesus come? Like, what was the big deal? Why would it be so important for God himself to step down in son form, essence of who he is, to come down here and be a part of that? Ultimately, what we're discovering is that all of Jesus stepped onto the scene so that we could actually have something more. And I'm actually very excited to talk about this one today because today we get to talk about some of that something more that God wants for each and every one of us in this room, no matter where you are on the spectrum of belief, which leads us to the topic of the day. So we've been talking about this thing called the Trinity, and we've said that the Son is not God, the Holy Spirit is not God, the Father is not God, but together they are. So today we're going to get into this one right here of who is the Holy Spirit. And this is what the Nicene Creed says. We believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord, the giver of life who proceeds from the Father and the Son, who with the Father and the Son and is adored and glorified. All that's saying is God is the Holy Spirit who has spoken through the prophets, who came down upon the Jordan and preached through the apostles and lived in the saints. Now, quick timeout real quick. Some of us, when we hear the word Holy Spirit, if I be, just be very transparent, we get a little nervous. Is that okay to say? Because some of us have grown up in traditions where our minds kind of run to a couple different camps. If you grew up in a tradition that was probably like more rigorous, like if you were in a, like a high church, like our brothers and sisters from like... Um, um, the Anglican church, they oftentimes use a lot of liturgy. So they'll read stuff together, praise God that way. And so the Holy Spirit comes to your mind as like, that's the wild stuff. Like that's the stuff I don't know what to do with. That dude ran up and down the aisle and I didn't know how to handle that. That was kind of a moment for me. Like that might be where your mind kind of runs to. Some of us might run to the other side of the spectrum with the tradition that we grew up in. Whereas the Holy Spirit, um, you might go, I didn't know that this was one of those types of churches. And you're kind of nervous right now because we're about to talk about this and you're not really sure what we're going to go through. And these whole spectrum of experiences, they are there for a reason. And I will add this. Some of the stuff we've experienced with the Holy Spirit is oftentimes the people that have talked to us about the Holy Spirit, I'm just going to say it out loud, they're weird is that okay to say? Maybe not. Weird people in the sense. And oftentimes, um, I've often thought, like, I've seen God move in incredible ways, and I've seen his spirit move, but then I've had these moments where, I don't. I think you'd be weird even if God wasn't with you. Is that okay? Yeah, I appreciate that. I'm just trying to kind of break the ice because this is such a big, big perspective thing. I also was thinking about this, just to kind of continue to get everyone to relax a little bit. There's this random poll that I found, and it said one out of three people, so talking about the weirdness, one out of three people are weird. So if you look to your left, and if you look to your right, and they seem normal, I get all that to say this, the Holy Spirit is not something weird. And he's not just some superpower. I mean, he is so much more. He is a person. And that's kind of where this gets a little complicated when we start talking about. Well, what do I mean by that? When I say God the Father, many of us have this idea that pops into mind. It might look something like this like, you know, father time type thing. You know, before beards were cool, he was leading the charge. You know, that that's might be something that kind of comes to mind when we think of the Father. The other side of this is when we think of Jesus, we get a picture that might look something like this, and um, this was the convicting picture for me when I was a kid. Um, My grandmother had this picture in in the house, and it felt like no matter where I was in the room, he was kind of looking at me. (laughs) Um, I'll also add this. This is probably not what Jesus looked like, by the way. Uh, He lived in the Middle East, so you can kind of put the the things together from there. But when I say Holy Spirit, what what does he look like? And if you let me be honest, I don't know if this is what pastors should say, but I'm going to say it, I don't know. And that makes it very hard and complicated at times. And if I'm being further honest about that, it kind of makes me uneasy if if I'm being transparent because it's not clear. I'm a person that loves clarity as much as I can get it. I don't like to beat around the bush. I like people to be upfront and honest about things and just tell me how it is. And we can see in Isaiah, the book of Isaiah, which is an Old Testament prophet, that, God, that the, the Spirit oftentimes was referred to as fire. We see it in Acts that he was referred to as fire, that the Holy Spirit was shown himself as fire. And then we go to John 7, and he actually depicted it as rivers of uh, living water. And my point is that there's all these different illustrations to explain who the Holy Spirit is, but it's really hard to put a physical description on the Holy Spirit because just, Scripture doesn't really give that. It doesn't give it like he does with the Father or the, or the Son. And the Holy Spirit might be the hardest person to personify. And what, what that means is to fully explain what he looks like. But I will add this he's the most tangible, and he is the most personal aspect of God. And the reality of that understanding, and I, I cannot, I wish I could say that like 20 more times the reality of that understanding could shape who you are. And the Holy Spirit is as close as your breath. The Holy Spirit is as close as your heartbeat. And my hope today is that we would walk out of here, and if you're new to Jesus and this is the first time, that's great, that's awesome, I love that. All um, that. My hope is that we would understand who the Holy Spirit is, but for us to get there, that does require some biblical framework, and uh, to, especially to get to the practical places of it. So, just to get real raw, real quick. Oftentimes, as a pastor, I feel the expectation is to put a nice bow on things, like you know. Sermon, preacher, don't leave me hanging. Like, Make sure everything's clear and concise and all that type of stuff. To explain things very well, give the right words, give accurate theology, give illustrations that don't break down, things that are engaging. And if I don't, I'll, folks will oftentimes, they don't, they don't mean to. They come up to me and say, hey, did you think about this? Well, why didn't you say that? And that's great, and I love that. And oftentimes it's very enlightening. I'll get an email, whatever, something I missed, and and that's that's fine. I'm open, very open, if you know me, uh, to, to to growing personally. All I say that say this: if you're a person that likes a big bow on things, you're gonna hate me today. <laughs> um, I will not be able to put a big bow on this. But my goal is to expand your understanding of God, that you would walk out of here understanding how much bigger. He is than we can possibly imagine. That his, his bigness, he sent his spirit to live and to guide the believer. That we can actually walk out of here and hear more intentionally to be more sensitive to what God is actually guiding in my life and in your life. If we'll listen. If we'll listen. So I'm going to pray for us real quick. Holy Spirit, Father, we invite you in. And Lord, as we sit here and talk about who you are, Father, you speak things that I can't say. And so as people are uh, ruminating on whatever comes to mind, Father, would you speak into that moment? And Lord, would you do things and say things that have been needed to be said for years? And Lord, I also pray for hearts. That they would be softened in the next few moments. That they would hear your truth and who you are in ways that they may have resisted for years. So, Father, I thank you for going before us and the promise that you have done that already. Lord, we ask you in today. In your name I pray. Amen. Okay, so here's two questions we are going to ask today. Who is the Holy Spirit and what does the Holy Spirit do? Who is the Holy Spirit, and what does the Holy Spirit do? The Holy Spirit is a person. He is a he is isn't a person like you and me, but he is very personal. He isn't a ghost in traditional sense because there. I remember growing up and I heard about the Holy Holy Ghost, and I remember having this thought. And we were I was talking to a friend recently, and they said that. So is that like a guy in a bed sheet with his face on, like what is a, what does the Holy Ghost look like type thing. And he wants to actually be near to each of us. And, it's, and here's the deal. It is super important for us to understand that he is a person. The reason being is if we can't get that, then we will not know how personal he is to us. Does that make sense? So we have to understand that he is a person. That the invitation of the Holy Spirit isn't simply to... Just know of God. It's actually to know him. Not to just know of God. I've met a lot of people that know of God. To know him. The Holy Spirit is that. The Holy Spirit is God. He is not lesser or greater. He isn't a creation of God that just kind of came around when everything kind of bloomed into existence. He isn't an afterthought. He isn't someone that came later. He is God. Everything God is, is the Holy Spirit. And here's the other thing we need to know. For every believer, we recognize that Jesus was who he says he was. When that happens, the Holy Spirit comes in and actually takes up residence inside of you the moment that you step back and say, that really happened. There's this stuff called sin that, that's a big deal. I've seen it. I need something there. Holy Spirit steps into our lives, into not just, like, it, it's not like a shoulder thing or a foot. It's not like that. It's like the inner self of who we are when we say, I believe. And the cool part is, as we talked through judgment last week, some of us have might have been sitting there realizing, like, I don't believe, I, 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 was, I was not right. And you said that prayer with me, and in that moment, the moment that you said, I believe, what you experienced in that moment is the Holy Spirit came into you because of your deep belief. Now, some of us, were very sensitive to that type of stuff, and you felt it right in that moment, which is awesome. Some of you have, like, one feeling, and it's hunger, and you're like, well, I didn't feel anything at that moment, and that's okay. But Scripture promises the moment that you step in and actually believe who God is— And deeply in who you are in your essence, the spirit steps into your life and begins to speak to you. And as you think about this, as a believer, this is the best news that you could possibly hear today. You want to know why? Why, preacher? Thanks for feedback. Thank you. I don't know. Because that means that you don't need just today. You can step out of here Monday morning, God with you. That's a big deal. The God of the universe has taken up residence inside of the believer. And here's the cool thing. It might not feel cool all the time. He's actually changing you from the inside out. Came in to Kel. Kel, if you'll let me, I'll change you. Why? Why would you do that? Because I love you. What does that mean? Just follow me and find out. Scripture says it this way. Do you know, not know that you are God's temple, that God's spirit dwells within you? And there is so much history that we could unwind here, but for a, the longest time, because of sin, God dwelled in a temple. And when sin was handled, we talked about judgment last week, this is the transitional moment. And we're living in this side of things now. Thousands of years, prophets, people were desperate for this transitional end, And we actually are in the middle of that each of us who say, Jesus, you are who you say you are, I believe that. I've seen it in my life and I've seen it in others. We are now vessels of his spirit. And as we travel along this Nicene Creed, you've started to probably realize that, wow, It's kind of funneling us down into how personal God is toward each of us. And what what do I mean by that? If God is creator, he created everything. He is this distant being that's all-powerful, all-knowing. Everything that exists is a cause because he decided to speak it into existence. The vastness of God was on display. And then we start talking about that. Who is God? He is the triune God. There is three expressions of the exact same essence of whatever he is and how to fully explain that is beyond our minds. But this is who he is. And then we start talking about this is who he is. Step down from heaven into Jesus and whatever that looks like. And he came down to meet us where we are. This is exponentially big difference because the God of the universe said, you are so important to me. I'm going to solve that sin stuff. I'm going to step down out of the judge's bin. I'm going to step in front of the condemnation that's in front of you and say, I got you. Jesus was fully God and fully man. What a personal statement for each of us. Because that judgment is coming. And a righteous God cannot let evil go unhandled, which leads us to today. How cool is this next statement? God is in you. That is good news. This is what Jesus said about the Holy Spirit. But now I'm going away to the one who sent me. Not the one of you is asking, where am I going? They're just panicking because he's leaving. Instead, you grieve because of what I've told you. But in fact, it is best for you that I go away because if I don't, the advocate, the Holy Spirit, the helper won't come. If I do go away, then I will send him to you. And this is such a statement of Jesus' heart for each of us. Look at this. There is so much more I wish I could tell you. I wish I could tell you what's coming. I wish I could tell you how important it is that I just said what I just said. I wish I could make known to you the gravity of the cross. I wish you could see. But you can't bear it now. When the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth. He will not speak on his own, but will tell you what he has heard. He will tell you about the future. He will bring me glory by telling you whatever he receives from me. Amen. You know what, that little side note right here? If you've ever questioned what you're supposed to do with life, just gave you a roadmap. And here's the other thing in in Christian circles, like we walk in here on church and we hear all these things, we get a little desensitized to it like, oh yeah, Jesus saved us, He died for my sins, all that type of stuff. When Jesus started talking about this, can you imagine being in the room and hearing this for the very first time? Can you imagine what it would have been like to actually hear this? Wait, 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 wait. Jesus, you're telling me you're leaving. What's better than God in the flesh? Like God right in front of me. I like I can poke you. Like what's better than that? God in you is what Jesus is saying. If you're a follower of Jesus, the God of the universe has taken up residence inside of Kel, inside of the believer. My hope is that you would see that the kingdom of heaven is so much bigger that your understanding this morning would would come to a conclusion of how near the Holy Spirit is. Which leads us to our next question. So if he's near, what does he do? The words that are used in Scripture describe him as helper, teacher, counselor, spirit of truth, comforter, advocate, spirit of God. I'm going to throw up a bunch of Bible verses. Hang on if you can. But when the Father sends the advocate as my representative, that is the Holy Spirit. He will teach you everything and will remind you everything I've told you. Next one. And the Holy Spirit helps us in our weakness. For example, we don't know what God wants us to pray. Praise the Lord for this one. you ever had that moment where you're so lost and so desperate that you groan before God or grunt? Just me? That's weird. Thank you. I know. I've seen some of y'all pray. Mm, yeah, But it's, it's that moment. It's like, Lord, I don't know what to say. I am so desperate in this moment. Lord, help me. Holy Spirit intercedes for you. Oh, I know what he's saying. I know what he's saying. This is what he's saying, Father. But the Holy Spirit prays for us with groanings that cannot be expressed in words. Here's another one. For the Lord is the Spirit. And wherever the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. You know what that means for the believer? You have access to freedom from sin in your life. Praise the Lord. Are y'all okay this morning? Okay. I just want to make sure. Y'all kind of staring at me. But that's okay. I'm up here by myself, bearing my soul. I pray that God, the source of hope, will fill you completely with joy and peace because you trust him. I'll just be straight with you. I spent so much of my life having a hard time with this. And we're going to get into a little bit of this. Then, when that happens, when you trust him, then you will overflow with confident hope that the power of the Holy Spirit gives. I think that was my last one. I, 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 I edited it out. We'd be here like all morning. What you need to hear from all these is the Holy Spirit deals in hope. He's a hope dealer. Thank you. Appreciate it. So what does the Holy Spirit do? If we were to sum up, end goal, end game for the Holy Spirit, he wants to make make you more like Jesus. Hear that. The Holy Spirit wants to make you more like Jesus. How does he do that? He does it in primarily two ways. And see if this is true for your life. He cleans you up, and then he fills you up. He cleans you up, and then he fills you up. The Holy Spirit cleans you up. That's what we call conviction. Hey, maybe not that. And here's the thing, and we've kind of come to know this, especially if you're a believer, you've come to realize this. You don't clean yourself up and then come to Jesus. And we've talked regularly, and I hopefully have expressed to you that I am not a perfect person, nor do I try to be. But we're all broken. And we are in desperate need for God's gracious hand to come in and do only what he can do. That you can't earn this. And the first thing the Holy Spirit does, is he comes in and he cleans house. He convicts. He says there's a better way. This is what scripture says. And when he comes, he will convict the world of sin and of God's righteousness and of the coming judgment. Point blank, the Holy Spirit will make known that you need a savior, that your life is so messed up that you could never fix it, so you need someone else too. You need Jesus. So I was looking for an illustration this week to kind of dial into this because people attach illustrations. So, there's this new thing in cars now. Um, Maybe you've experienced this. It's called lane assist. And if you've never experienced this, let me tell you my traumatic story. So, we were driving a van going to a conference with a bunch of friends, and uh, this car had lane assist on it. And I did not know this, and I didn't know what lane assist was. So, this was a very scarring moment. But what it is, is if you start to veer out of a lane, the steering wheel will vibrate dramatically like a flat tire dramatically. <laughs> and I remember driving down the road and all of a sudden, I, I don't know what was going on. I was eyes on the road, though my wife would probably say otherwise. Eyes on the road. All of a sudden, the wheel started shaking like this and I, I literally like, we're about to die. Like it's going to blow up right now, whatever this is. And it's, it's not just like a, it's like a, <clears throat> I mean, it's, a, it's pretty substantial. To get to all this, the Holy Spirit's kind of like your lane assist. When things start to drift, When things happen in your life that are hard and you find yourself going toward a direction that won't lead toward life, it'll pull you back in. Now, I also thought about this one. Some of us, we can't do lane assist, we just have rumble strips in our life. God makes himself very known in types of moments and so he guides us that way. The Holy Spirit ultimately is wanting to bring us into alignment of the things of God to love what he loves, to actually come to a point where you say things like this, I love what God loves. And God knew that the Christian life was impossible to live by himself. So much so, he brought his spirit to give correction and to give guidance into our lives. Now, here's the other thing. The point of the Holy Spirit is not to make you feel bad, He doesn't come in and say, guilt, shame, bad, blah, 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 blah. He's trying to speak to something more. And I don't know if you've bumped into this, but I've been in churches, man. It feels like they're just laying it on, and I walk out more guilty with no hope. The Holy Spirit is saying, Kel, if you keep driving over these lines, maybe you'll be okay for a little bit but at some point it will lead to death in your life. He doesn't want to crash your marriage. He doesn't want to crash your kids. He doesn't want to crash your finances. He doesn't want you to crash when it comes to the private world stuff that no one in here knows about. The Holy Spirit is the voice that whispers. Hey, don't do that. Don't think like that. Don't approach that person that way. And we've heard that one, but he also said stuff like this. Well done. You made the hard call. That was the right thing. Your father is so proud. He does both. And you need to walk out and hear that one. I, I got a, a feeling that some of us have walked in that the Holy Spirit was always pointing his finger in our chest. But he's also the same God puts his hand on our back. And we need to hear that. So here's another question. So, if that's all true, why a guiding voice? Well, there's an internal war, and you have felt this. So I say let the Holy Spirit guide your lives. That's a pretty powerful statement right there. Then you won't be doing what your sinful nature craves. The sinful nature wants to do evil, which is just the opposite of what the Spirit wants. And the Spirit gives us desires that are the opposite of what the sinful nature desires. There is a conflict happening in every single person in this room and on this planet. Your old life you knew before Jesus is in conflict with the new life that Jesus is leading you to. The Holy Spirit speaks to you in a new way and your sinful desires will come to the surface and we're faced with both. The Holy Spirit says things like this. That's not who you want to be. That's not who you are. The Spirit will convict us into alignment for the things of God. This glass represents your life. The goal of the Holy Spirit is to come in and start cleaning, right? Holy Spirit starts saying, okay, let's uh, deal with that. Okay. And then after a certain period, the Holy Spirit says, you know what? If you get that gross stuff out on the inside, then man, something would change. We get all that nasty stuff at the bottom. Man, can you imagine what your life would look like afterwards? Oh, man. And once you start doing that, things start changing. Clean all the broken and gross and messed and sinful stuff that's in your life. Because the good news is, and bad news at the same time, is you can't clean yourself up. Only the Holy Spirit can, and our world can't clean itself up just to keep the illustration going, what the world is promising is to take a dirty rag and trying to clean a dirty cup, and you know what that does? Just smears dirt around. We have to be so mindful that the world is constantly trying to convince us. This dirty rag will do the exact same thing. Just use the dirty rag. You can fix yourself. Humanism, which is the common thing. Well, we can just be nice to everybody. We can feel good. And this is a big deal because if you do not catch this reality, the rest of this teaching doesn't matter. Knowing that the Spirit's job is to clean you. And he comes in and starts conversations that are uncomfortable and, un- and are at times it is so difficult. But He's good. And this is kind of where our culture gets tricky, right? Currently, we have things like this flying around in our culture, and it's more prevalent. Even in my own life, I find myself thinking certain ways that, I don't know, that's biblical. But it's saying things like, if you feel it, do it. If it feels right, sounds good. Listen to your heart. What's that famous song? You know, that type of thing. And we sing that, and we start saying, well, I was following my heart. Need I remind you that scripture reminds that the heart is like the most deceitful thing? Another common phrase that's flying around is, that's your truth. Oh, that's real for you? Good, go do it. And if you feel it, that's God actually confirming that you should do it. And that's a dangerous truth to buy into. What it means is, here it kind of lands practically, we start saying things like, it's okay to have sex before we're married, we're going to get married. It's okay. It's okay to look at porn. It's just a natural desire. It's okay to lie if it protects someone. We're going to get married anyway, so we can go ahead and live together. It's no big deal. I feel that this is my sexual orientation. This is who I am. I've had a conversation with people where they have said things like this to me. God brought me another spouse while they were married. And I'm not trying to cast judgment on anyone by any saying this. The, the, I get to this is I've heard Christians say that. And I'm sure I've said some dumb stuff like this myself. But here's the big deal. Sin blinds. And it taints. This is one of the main reasons, just to kind of let you into my world, that I try to surround myself with people that have deeper and vaster faith than I do. This is one of the reasons I look for, pub- for multiple affirmations from different areas of life when moving forward with big things. This is one. I mean, especially when it comes to leading folks like y'all. Because it's so easy to move so quickly and misunderstand because sin taints everything around it. It's much harder, and if you've ever been here, you know what I'm talking about. It is much harder to sit and wait on his spirit to speak, to search scripture, to find wise counsel, to set aside time, not just like while I'm driving down the road, but actual intentional time to hear from God. Because the last thing I want to do is misunderstand what God is prompting in my life. The Holy Spirit, and here's the big thing with Scripture. The Holy Spirit inspired the Word of God. You know what that means? When you disagree with the Word of God, you're disagreeing with the Holy Spirit. Inspired those words. And if you have a sense that God is calling you towards something that's not in Scripture, as gently as I can say this, that's not of God. Proverbs even kind of leads to this. There is a path before each person that seems right. It seems like a good idea. It seems like it was a good path to take, but it ends in death. It can feel right. It can appear right, but if the Holy Spirit is going no, it will lead to death in your life. The Holy Spirit wants to first clean us up and then he wants to fill us up. Power. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And you will be my witnesses, telling people about me everywhere. This is such an interesting statement because when the Spirit is in you, you cannot help but say, you know, how would you get to where you're at? Well, I was a lost and broken man. But God, in Jerusalem, throughout Judea, and Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. Now, another quick time out moment. Everybody take a deep breath, all that type of stuff. Let's throw this verse up real quick. The next one: fruits of the Spirit. But the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives: love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Here's the timeout. This stuff right here, and I don't know. I'm, I'm this is gonna be very raw. Um, I guess send me an email. But I kind of look at this stuff at times, when I, especially when I was like discovering who Jesus was. I'd look at this and I'd say, that's some weak sauce type stuff. Like, the Holy Spirit is supposed to provide power, like, you know, give me something, like, you know, something, like, big, like, fly around, something like that. Like, what is the power in words like peace and joy and love and kindness? This seems like pretty weak stuff. Is that okay to say? Have you ever had this feeling? I know you have, because I've talked to some of you. <laughs> but when it talks about power in Scripture, it's not referring to that type of thing. And the longer I live, and this is the thing that's continually striking me in my life. This is one of the reasons I I just say this. I, I hate reading. I hate it. I don't like it. But I have found that there are people that have answered things and have wisdom so far beyond me. And they start talking about stuff like this. And the longer I see those that have known Jesus for years, I can only dream of and have intentionally pursued him through the most terrible of storms, I'm beginning to realize how much power is in these words. How much power is displayed in patience. Patience. How much power is given through kindness. To actually experience the power of following God and not choosing sin. And when our lives are rooted in Christ, the fruit that grows from that type of relationship is these things. This is the manifestation of the Holy Spirit in someone's life. And you might not know this, but these things right here, this is what you want. How do I know that? These are the things you hope that people will treat you with. These are the things you hope for. There is so much power in this. And the Holy Spirit wants you to know how deeply loved you are by the Father. That he takes your cup and he starts to clean it. You know, this is why, as we say as a church, um, this is who we are. We want to inspire people to follow Jesus. Introduce them to inspire people to follow Jesus, to actually thrive by finding him personally and in Christian community that ultimately pours out into those around us. That you actually recognized how loved you are by God. What ultimately this does, that freedom we talked about, it frees you. How does it free you? And this is where I've seen in people's lives. It frees you from insecurity. It frees you from self-hate. It frees you from the thought of I'm not good enough, which is what every dude struggles with. It frees you from the idea of self-accomplishment to actually come to a point where I know and believe who I am. This is who Kel is deep down, and it doesn't, it doesn't start with anything this world can give. It's what the Father gives. It actually rests in a good Father that says this is who you are. This is what you were designed to be. And this is who you are through his Spirit. So what happens after you come to a point where the Holy Spirit stepped in your life and starts cleaning you up? The next piece is he starts pouring into you, right? So he says, you know what? Cal? Okay, I'm going to pour a little joy into your life. This joy shapes how you see things, what's the big deal about joy when you come to a point where you're faced with such tragedy and you walk out of there saying, I know who I am. I'm not lost, that thing didn't shake me. As weird as it sounds, even with that bad thing happening, I have a sense of joy in my life. And then he said, okay, how about about a little peace? A little peace in your life? What's the big deal about peace? Same deal. God never promised that there would never be problems. He actually said that there would be problems, but he would provide peace in the middle of those storms, that you would actually know who he is, and it would give you confidence of the things that are coming in. How about, how about, Kel, how about a little bit of patience in your life? What's the big deal about patience? The ability to wait. You know what the big thing in our culture right now is? We can get anything, anytime, at any moment. You want to go test yourself. Go cook something in the microwave for two minutes and see if you get impatient. Right? Patient coming into your life means that you can actually wait. For young guys that are waiting on a spouse, hey, if you just wait, oh, man, I will bless you beyond measure. Here's another one. How about this one? I'm going to pour a little kindness into your life. How about a little kindness? What's the big deal with kindness? To actually love people when they are being real hard to love. You know what that does for you? Gives you the ability to have a conversation with them later. Right? How about this one? Gentleness. Oh, man. I'll be honest. This is one that I've had to intentionally invest in in my life. To actually be gentle with people and actually be intentional in actually building relationship with words and whatever it is. Then you got self-control, man. The ability to actually know who you are and know who God is the Holy Spirit wants to pour into our lives, to actually guide us, to convict us, to show us who he is, and ultimately, and here's the big thing, when we talk about as Christians, we want the filled life, the abundant life. That's what it's talking about. So, I've got to get real personal. Some of us look at that and think, that's great. And we're not really experiencing this. And if you let me get really intrusive, every time that you pray for this in your life, Lord, fill me. What you do, or find yourself doing, is the Holy Spirit says, okay, see this sin? We need to work on that. You need to do something a little different. Why don't you let me lead you here? And you kind of go, you know what? I'm okay with that sin. You don't really trust that God has good intentions for you. And what that really is saying that is you're okay with the level of death that that's producing in your life. It's preventing the filling that's happening there. And what that also says here, and this is the crazy part, is that that sin... Is now defining your relationship with God more than your relationship with God. This is what it talks about when it talks about grieving the Holy Spirit. Do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God, by whom you are sealed for the day of redemption. And that word grieve right there, it actually could translate as this to bring sorrow to. See, here's the deal you cannot stop the will of God but you can not stop the work of God in your life. God's will will always be moving. Hey Kel, I saw how you responded to that person. You want some gentleness? How about self-control? I saw what you were doing on your computer late last night. Hey Kel, I, I noticed, man, you were not patient with that person in the car line. So here's the thing. God's Spirit is always pouring into our lives. The question is are we allowing, accepting it? Are we allowing room for the Spirit to continue to fill us with those good things? And it seems to me that at some point, every Christian comes faced with this moment. It's this moment of, do I really believe God? Some of us have it on a daily basis. Maybe that's true. Maybe I have it more than I recognize. And in my mind, I've kind of wondered it this way. like The moment you become a believer is the moment there's a lot of, like, if I were to take another cup, a lot of cleaning that's real clear what happens. Is that fair to say? Probably shouldn't dub my toe and say that word anymore, you know, that type of thing. It's like, eh, that's kind of a kind of a thing. But if you were to imagine finding God is like mining. That you will mine the depths of God, that you walk the, the, the tunnels that people had mined before you, and you look around and you're amazed. Wow, that's all God, that's all. And then one day you come to this point where now you're at the end of a tunnel. And now you come face to face with, you know, I, I believe in God, but... Am I gonna do the work to keep seeing where this tunnel goes? And and I think the sad part is, and I've seen this in my own life at times, is I've seen Christians camp out at the end of tunnels because they don't wanna do the work. (laughs) If I can just kinda say that out loud. How that plays out practically is, you know it's good to actually read your Bible. You know it's important to have scripture in your life. You know it's important to actually set aside time to actually hear from God and some of us have found ourselves to where we're realizing that God's been pouring into my life and I am more interested in the lust that's present. I'm more interested in being angry. I'm more interested in all the things that I currently hold because I'm afraid I might not have what I currently have. Can I just give you some hope that's not true God promises so much more so what should the response be to all this your Monday probably should look different on some level your Tuesday should look different how should it look different here's the thing I would ask him so the band obviously is coming up I would ask him and what we're gonna do is we got a bunch of passages we're just gonna put on the screen, bands to play in the background. And it felt that it was the right thing to do, which was to simply give us an opportunity to hear. So there's gonna be a bunch of passages on the screen and I just wanna, I want you to read them. And I want you to ask, Father, what are you speaking to? me?" And here's the challenge, go do it. It's not for your neighbor. One day, what is God setting up for you in your life? Would you pray with me? Father, I pray that you would be the source of our hope, that you would fill us with complete joy and peace because we trust in you. And ultimately, Father, that that would overflow into the lives you've entrusted to us through the power of your spirit.